Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Viewer Town. My name is Gorilla, and today we have Bunzel. Hello! Hey, how's it going? Uh, going pretty well. So today, we're going to be talking about kind of a hot-button topic that always exists in the VTubing community, and that is parasocial relationships. Uh, so Bunzel, what do you, how do you define parasocial relationships? Well, a parasocial relationship would be any one-sided relationship I would be considering as a parasocial relationship. Um, by definition, usually this would be similar to um, how you would have a relationship with uh, a celebrity, like a, a wrestler or a cartoon character, for example. Yeah, so the key idea is that you don't get to, you're, you're not in contact with the person. Whether, yes, whether, is, uh, whether it's like physically or literally. It's very much like an unattainable relationship. You cannot contact them uh, in any meaningful way. Like you could send a tweet to Donald Trump, for example, but that doesn't mean that you're in a social relationship with him. Yeah, like he's not going to respond to you, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> and even if he does, it's not going to be a meaningful conversation. Yeah, it's just like one, he'll just say like two words at you. <laughs> uh, so... In the VTubing community, the word parasocial gets thrown around a lot. And I feel like at this point, it, b between all of the, um, I guess, controversy and drama, you could say, regarding people putting themselves into these parasocial relationships and or claiming that people are, you know, creating these parasocial or exploiting them. What do you think about, like, do you think that people are just too e too eager to throw that word around? Uh, yes, I, I do definitely believe that. Um, the word is heavily bastardized, as are the terms uh, Oshi and Waifu. There's uh, a lot of terms that just get continuously misused, and parasocial is definitely one of them. So what I find that a lot of people use parasocial for is just saying, uh, this guy's being a creep, he's being parasocial. When really, being a creep is completely different than being parasocial. Yeah, generally, if you're like... Um, the... It's... It's very loose when what people say is parasocial. Because it, honestly, in that context, it doesn't even... Like, it doesn't even fit... The, the sentence you say, this guy is being parasocial, that doesn't... Kind of really, yeah, it doesn't fit the definition at all. Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. If you're in a real parasocial relationship, you wouldn't even notice the guy, really. <laughs> uh, most of the time, yes, unless yeah. they are, say, like a donator or something. In which case, they they can be a very creepy donator, um, and that can be a very one-sided relationship where you are aware of the person's presence. Yeah. However, that does not mean that uh, all donators are parasocial, though it is very common. Yeah, and um, one of the key points that we just mentioned is that it's a kind of like line of contact with the person that you're in such a relationship with. And most people do use donations as like a means to talk to the person. Because if you're uh, like, yes. Yeah, because if you're like reading like um, 
or if you're like watching a hollow life girl there she's not chances are she's not gonna read that chat message unless it's read yeah absolutely um in the large corpus sphere and the large indie sphere as well it's very common for people to have um donations automatically read out in text to speech for example or just read during chat or in uh, in the case of like hollow live they would have the big donation streams where they're just reading out the donation messages yeah, to make sure that they do get read the super chat streams i can't yeah. believe those are fucking real it is actually really impressive uh, that they can get away with that yeah <laughs> it's like fucking paid like a paid q a um but since now now that we defined parasocial now that we talked about touched on it a little bit what are some like outside of v you i know that outside of vtubing you do have various examples of parasocial relationships let's we try to compare that to what we see in the vtubing community uh well there, there's one good example which would be like the the k-pop stands um as people often call them which are just like the crazed k-pop fans that'll do they'll do anything for their K-pop Oshis. Do they call it that? Like, I, I, now that you mention it, I I, I don't know what they call it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's obviously not Oshi, but like, I, now that I'm wondering, like, what do they call it? Like, it's, it's essentially the same idea, though. Yeah. Where they're just a, a fanatic fan, and they are just, just crazed. Um, yeah, I dated a girl that was, like, really into K-pop, and I, I just didn't really understand <laughs> Yeah, there are um, there are other situations though, where it's not always going to be like a crazy fan or anybody you know relatively dangerous or creepy or anything like that. Um, so there are a lot of examples out there of people that are in parasocial relationships with characters that don't actually exist. Well, not people that exist, but like fictional characters. Um, these people are incredibly harmless because what are they going to do? Stalk somebody who doesn't exist? Yeah, and the nice thing about characters that don't exist is that you can make them however you want. <laughs> like you get oh, like, absolutely. Like that, that's another dangerous aspect that we didn't really touch on is that people in these parasocial relationships tend to morph. Um, yes. Yeah, like morph whatever person that they're obsessed with into this. Yeah, they make decisions like the, about how this person behaves in their yeah. mind, and then they don't behave like that, and they freak out. Yeah. And that's like... That, Though that, that does that's, actually that's, happen with uh, some cases, even with uh, the waifu community. Um, I knew a guy who had a waifu, and he ended up changing waifus because she ended up being the big bad in the end by the show because of spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. But, but at the same time, that's like... That's, that's yeah, relatively that, that's like very betrayal. Harm. Yeah, that's... But that's also re very relatively harmless. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But like that kind of thing can happen all the time with, with real people. Uh, like there was cases where people were, oh God, I'm getting ahead of myself on this, aren't I already? Oh, fuck it, dude. When have we ever had structure? <laughs> we tried, we tried. Um, well, I wanted to, to segue from waifus to, to the other bit before getting on to Rushia. So we'll, we'll just come back to Rushia afterwards, I think. Okay. Well, this is a VTuber podcast after all, so. Yeah. So, somebody who could also be considered a VTuber in some ways would be uh, Miku. Yep. And she So, very similar to Katsuna Ai, 
but you know without the actual voice actor um still still puppeted by people you know and all that but the corporation behind miku uh shit what was it called i can't remember they actually released uh products that had little holograms and they were like your little computer life essentially and eventually they well actually before before i get to that um they actually sent these out with marriage certificates um so this was like parasocial exploitation uh people who had Mik miku as a waifu would pay out for these like two thousand dollar computers that would just greet them in the morning and say goodbye uh when they went to go to work and they eventually shut down the servers for these um which kind of brings a moral question to should you legally be able to sell a product that preys on the emotions of someone yeah yeah it's a really interesting question because i a part of me kind of feels like that's a little bit harmless but if you're a if they're able to control when it's active or not that's a really awkward situation because <laughs> if, if this was just a standalone thing that um like it's just yeah it's like you buy it and it's just gonna be that way forever that's you know like when i first saw these i thought that they were gonna be standalone units that were just pre-recorded phrases but no they had actual servers um like these were reliant on actual physical servers where they shut down only like two to three years later after charging these people massive amounts of money for this um, yeah. very early computer wife experience. Yeah, $2,800 desktop device. Uh, it got terminated in March 2020. Yeah, and it, the, the closest comparison that I can make is um, Ryan Gosling's wife in that, that one movie that everyone knows him from. Which like, one? It's just, you know the one. It's a uh, big man right now. My brain is just drawing a blank. It's really hot here, actually. I I'm sure anyone listening actually knows, so <laughs> that's fine. They know exactly the computer wife I'm talking about. You know the one. The, go the Gosling moment. Um, oh, you mean Blade Runner 2049? Uh, yes, that's the one. Uh, Blade Runner. I how could I forget that, honestly? Yeah, we're it's both, a, it's we're both fake fans. We're, we're not. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> fake Gosling fans. Gosling bros not like this. Yeah. Well, I'm not a Gosling. And... You're not a gosling, so we, we shouldn't have to know that. But yeah, you were saying that the computer was similar to uh, the character in that movie. Yeah, and I was talking about um, how, how is it like a, is it legal really for a company to be selling something that would, wait, did I already say that? Yeah, you, no, you asked that, but honestly, I, what, what, it should have a disclaimer. Like, I, I'm, I'm wondering if it had a disclaimer that's like, service could be shut off at any time, because most games nowadays do that if they the company has a history of like shutting down the servers it's like that. yeah absolutely like, like i like thought this a, was going to be like a unit that just it stuck by you right yeah but it wasn't but, but i think if they have that disclaimer then you can't really say anything <laughs> to be honest like mo most from a legal standpoint yeah but it, um, it, morally it is not very kosher especially if you're spending like, absolutely Especially if you're spending like three thousand dollars. Yeah, for three thousand dollars, they should have given them the servers. Because like there are people who have actually had like actual weddings for Hatsune Miku. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, like this is stuff that makes the news. Yeah. And then they, they see this and they see that there's a market and then they exploit it. And that's corporate parasocial exploitation. Um, and then this kind of goes back to when I was uh, talking about Rushia for a moment. Um, so Rushia was also doing the same thing for Cover Corp. Um, so she, so before her big incident happened, she had merch that was coming up. Um, it was all wedding themed merch and this included rings. So very much like the marriage certificates, it was uh, parasocial exploitation at a corporate level on the emotions of getting married. Yeah, like um, ga games do that as well. Like Cancol and Azure Lane, you can buy like wedding rings and stuff like that. But you know, th th this paints like a really nice picture between getting a wedding ring inside a game for a fictional character versus uh, you're buying wedding ring merch for like a real person. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I, I know of like only three cases that have happened happened with this with the rings. Um, one was Rushia, one was an indie who I'm not going to name, uh, not a fan of hers, and uh, an adult cam girl, which, you know, in, in those communities, the, the exploitation is still on the indie level, but it is as strong as the corporate level for VTuber, I would say, because everything costs 10 times as much. Yeah, and I don't know, it's kind of weird that you say like indie and indie has done this because indies is where you go to not have this kind of thing, I'd say. Because <laughs> the yeah, absolutely. Big, big, big point of like indies is that you have you do have like the you do have a direct line to the person, you do talk to the person, whether it's in like Steam chat or like whether it's in like stream chat or DMs or you know, sometimes you even hang get to hang out in like their community discord yeah and this is where it goes from uh corporate parasocial exploitation to uh complete sociopathic behavior and really that line is so blurred between the two things i can't tell them apart yeah it's really difficult to um, um like is it sociopathic behavior to turn off somebody's computer wipe after three years because you found that the server bills are too high i'd say so yeah but yeah that's that's where being a company kind of kind of comes into play you gotta save money it's obviously sociopathic behavior right like it's there's no real argument against it um it's not morally correct to purposely exploit somebody's uh social needs for money it's not correct like there's just no way to to justify it however with um with these situations you know that's going to happen all the time because it's profitable and at the bottom line it's a company and they need to make money but the fact is that company could be doing a lot of different products. They don't need to be selling you a social experience. Yeah. Um, but any entertainment company sells you a social experience. Just these ones are much more personalized because it's, it's happening live. You can contact the streamer. They can read out your message and you can feel good about it. Um, this is the same reason why many people in the, the adult cam sectors have gone under like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to, to get their rocks off essentially talking to one girl. Yeah, I was going to ask, since you mentioned a cam girl, and I'm not actually very, um, I don't know anything about that <laughs> that community or industry whatsoever. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not going to name them because I, I can't remember their name, honestly, but it was like the scummiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it made the news. Uh, I can tell you that much. Well, what was, what was it like? Like, how is it different than like what we were, what we were talking about just now with like YouTubers? Or it's or honestly it's not that much different. Yeah, or, or is it like not different at all? It's it's really just not that different. The difference is that you technically, I guess, get a little bit more out of it. Because think about it, if you're watching 
uh, a girl play video games, you're not even getting your rocks off. You're just getting your social needs met. While with like a cam girl, you're actually getting your rocks off and your social needs met in most cases. Because that is a social need for most people. And most people are devoid of that, I think, in the modern day. And that's where those exploitations come in. Um, so the same things you would see in the adult cam communities uh, a decade ago or more are things that are propping up in the BGV community now. Yeah. It's... There's a lot of parallels w between the two, from what I've noticed, but my inexperience in the cam girl community kind of makes it like a little bit hard to compare the two. But you are like getting something out of it. Yeah, it's honestly kind of scary or to see the parallels. Or, or rather, I feel like the whole point of like the cam girl is that you're, you're purposely trying to get something out of it. You're trying to get, you know? Oh, absolutely. And where, the thing where, is, like, those sites like... wouldn't be popular if, if there wasn't something other than just a recorded footage could give you, right? Yeah, because that, that, like, ability for them to react to you is really important. But, like, think about uh, Kazuna Ai. I would not say that many people had a parasocial relationship with Kazuna Ai, unless I'm being entirely ignorant towards this. But most of her content was pre-recorded. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing I was going to... Um, that's the interesting thing, because... I listen to a lot of ASMR. <laughs> I listen to a shitload of ASMR. And not once have I really even felt like, you know, like a parasocial thing with any of these girls. But the thing is, most of their stuff is recorded, so you know that it's a role play. You know it's contained just within that video. They're not actually that kind of person. Unless they are, but I would not know that because I only listen to the audio. So it's really important between like the whole live aspect and pre-recorded aspect in my opinion just because when you're it's live you're like spending well i think with asmr that's more of a scenario situation though too correct yeah so i i think that with the the recordings if you were to compare it more to say uh, a blogger or a youtube creator like like william osmond or something where it's just like okay i see this guy he makes cool content i can see myself hanging out with this guy and having a good time that would be more of a parasocial feeling, I think, than what you would get out of uh, ear-licking ASMR. What if I mean ear-licking? It's just like, <laughs> don't make it sound like I listen to the weird shit, because I don't. No, that's the fun part. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that um, I remember reading, like, uh, po like, people talking about the not safe for work stuff, and they were saying that it, they don't like listening to the not safe, the not, the, the safe for work stuff, because it makes them feel too lonely and weird. They're okay. With yeah. They're they're okay with listening to the not safe work stuff because it feels like a one night stand, and they don't have to like put any <laughs> they don't have to put any emotion in, into it, which I thought was like a really interesting way to think about. That is it. really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I I really am not into ASMR, so I never even considered um, the differences that you would experience there. Yeah. Like, um, but like we were just talking about cam girl stuff, and that's you. That's similar. You similar in a similar way to like, you know, you're just trying to get hard, but yeah, but yeah. because it's like not recorded, it's live and the girls are like talking to you, interacting with you and you could like affect how, what goes on in their stream. That makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, 100%. Um, even with like any, any Twitch streamer or streamer on YouTube, the, the live aspect is definitely going to be a major driving factor in building that parasocial relationship. Um, like the term parasocial was coined in like the 50s, right? Uh, not long after the, the TV started becoming prevalent. So this has been an issue since then with like talk show hosts and things like that or wrestlers on TV. Yeah, with like 
I, I feel like for a lot of situations, though, there is like a unspoken rule that you're just meant to enjoy this as as is. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of there's so it's, it's just weird with something along the way just kind of like makes you forget that. And I, I understand with streaming, it's really hard to forget that you're just meant to like enjoy it as like you know like an entertainment thing. Well, the thing is, a lot of uh, streaming that you see nowadays is also very casual stuff. It's not like with TV, where it's meant to be like a performance. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's like a production when it comes to Yeah, it, with, with streaming, it's just like you're hanging out with your friends. It's the, it's the, fr you're hanging out with friends experience. This is your girlfriend experience. This is your watching a girl play video games while she ignores you experience, if you're a lurker. Um, I, I would say that lurkers especially have a more parasocial relationship than anybody who actually talks in chat. Yeah, because they like, don't, by they definition. Don't, they don't, yeah, because they're just watching. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're going, actually, speaking of like lurkers and stuff like that, going back to the Rushia thing, it's, or um, going back to the corporate scene in general, what do you, what do you think about like stuff like Vox Akuma and like those guys, um, that like little controversy, I guess you could say, of like Mina coming into the stream and then um, basically like interrupting. What, what do I think about Vox Akuma's situation? I don't think about Vox Akuma. Well, I don't think about it at all. Also, <laughs> also I messed up because it's Reimu, not Nina. But I, oh, I, okay. Um, well, what, what essentially happened was what well, he was doing, he was in like what date stream or something. It, I, I said I should probably know this, but I don't. But he was doing like a stream, and uh, Reimu kept her, kept like messaging him on Discord and like. Um, She's a while he was streaming. Yeah, while she, while she, well, that's just being unprofessional. Yeah, that that is being unprofessional. But the the thing is, after the fact, he had to address that, and there was like a, a lot of shit flinging going on on Twitter between like the talents. Uh, like Fanana said something about like 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 she's she was like fuck you get parasocial like fuckers or whatever like being like very hostile towards you know fans who are just trying to enjoy the product. And personally, I think it's weird that they're that aggressive towards like fans because i agree uh, uh not, not only is it unprofessional but it's you have to understand that a lot of these people they're enjoying the show it they don't want to see something happen that they, they didn't really like like i would like to make a comparison here to being in a restaurant with your waiter when you're there and you're trying to get your order taken and their boyfriend comes up and starts talking to the waitress while you're getting your order taken, that's going to interrupt your experience in the restaurant, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Like some some of the wording that the um, we're not even boyfriend, but like the manager comes up, it's going yeah. to be the same issue. Yeah, like some some of the wording that people were using um, were kind of weird. Like this, some guy, but I even I, even then I understand because of like my experience listening with ASMR stuff. You know, they're trying. It was a date. It was like a date role play stream. They're trying to get that experience. It doesn't matter that they're not actually dating and this is like just a person that, you know, will never like acknowledge them to a personal level. Oh, I didn't realize it was a special kind of stream like that too. Um, yeah, I, where it was, it was a, 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 a parasocial exploitation stream specifically instead of yeah. just a regular stream because yeah. that's a that's a whole different situation that makes it so much worse yeah it's like imagine doing like a special stream and then you know fucking 
like not not only was she like messaging it before she messaged him on discord she was basically abusing mo her moderate her status as moderator to like uh dominate the chat essentially at, le at least i think this is what happened it's been a couple months and god wasn't very interesting to be honest outside of like people getting mad at each other but like this this makes me think about another point that i wanted to bring up um but not in this context but the the different types of parasocial relationships if you view it from the the point of the streamer it's going to be very different than if you view it from the point of the audience so the streamer's viewpoint is that there's this huge crowd of people all interested in them and the things that they do in this situation you have the moderator doing that same thing yeah it's 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 really unfair. <laughs> I, I don't want to defend like the the Vox fans because they are kind of crazy in their own way. But I do feel like you should know what you're doing. I guess. I think the issue here is that the moderator thinks that they're a bigger Vox fan. So you've got crazy against crazy with a parasocial relationship against the chat because they're all competing for your man. If that's if that's the situation, then I'm very sorry for Vox and this situation he's gotten himself into. But that's the game he's playing and he's gonna have to sit with that. Yeah. Also, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I said, but... It is interesting to see that happening to a man, though, for once, because that that's happened so often in, in other communities with women. Um, God, I'm not gonna get into that. That's, that's too spicy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, honestly, I do feel like... Like MMOs, even? Yeah. Stop being horny, honestly. <laughs> Don't interrupt my show, <laughs> okay? That's why... Stop I, that, DMing the healer. That's why I fucking watch pre-recorded shit, because this doesn't happen. But it's... It is very interesting to think about, just because that was, like, one of the times where the that word parasocial is like just thrown around and it's like this is where it is applicable but it, this is also where it's like you you know what you're getting yourself into and they i think they played their hands kind of wrong and it's i don't know it's very ugly yeah with this type of thing it definitely does uh the nature of the socialization and um with, with the point that I, I did previously want to bring up uh with the similar relationships to that the the parasocial relation relationship that a donator or tipper would have with a chat on either a a corporate vtubing channel or an adult cam girl channel for example um so those people will spend many many hundreds of dollars trying to get the attention of not just the streamer but the chat around the streamer it's almost like a it's almost like peer pressure in a way after a while because they they want to thrive on that kind of attention that other people are giving them and this can stem from just pure loneliness or uh, a poor upbringing in some cases but just not really understanding the boundaries between these relationships and what you're actually getting out of that donation yeah personally i've never donated so kind of new, new territory for me i think the first time i ever donated was to uh a completely unrelated thing to vtubing which was dwarf fortress i paid five dollars when i was 19. um oh that i mean that's like yeah that, that's it's, i supported the content yeah yeah, that, yeah that's a different kind of donating i was i was thinking about like it's, donating it's really not that different yeah, um so? because well the thing is you're supporting a creator correct yeah so it's the same thing you're supporting a creator. I was supporting the development of Dwarf Fortress. Uh, yeah, yeah, and in so these you cases, like, you're uh, supporting... So, so like, uh, you weren't like purchasing something. You were just like giving the money just... Oh, no. It's just you're just donating the money. It's a, yeah. it's a pure donation. It's not okay. like you're buying merch or anything. Uh, that would be completely different. Yeah, um, I, I unless you're buying a ring. Well, I was those profit it. margins. 
Well, I was thinking like you were talking about like a Patreon deal or something like that. Where oh, pay, no, no. Yeah, yeah, like, technically, those are... Patreon donations. did not exist back then. I'm old. Yeah, you're old. So. Yeah, that was like 2009. Yeah. Actually, it might have existed. I don't know. Mm, I don't remember. I don't think it did. I don't use Patreon either. I mean, what, I, what, like I, what, I'm try, what I'm trying to say is I don't support monetarily <laughs> outside of like donate or subbing to like a few people. Well, that definitely counts. Yeah. Like, you do get a little bit more out of it, but, I mean, you get, what, some emotes? Yeah. You get a little special badge to make you feel good? Yeah. You get the uh, the gamified experience with uh, your, uh, what's it called, the, 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 the subscription streak with games? Yeah. Or not, uh, not games, sorry, the Twitch? These they gamify everything. Yeah. Would you say that people have a parasocial relationship with Twitch at its core? Uh, don't wait me to think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I could bring up politicians if you want. Oh, uh, don't even. I don't want that. <laughs> don't make the audience think. <laughs> no, we'll probably get shut down if I make them think that direction too much. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I do think. Uh, so, well, one thing I didn't get, I didn't bring up, I used to be obsessed with like cosplay girls, but I. I cannot yeah. imagine this. What? I, I could never imagine this. Like you I'm just that's... kidding. I can, I can absolutely imagine you being obsessed with cosplay girls, yes. <laughs> I would be, I would have been more surprised if you couldn't, because... But, but the thing is, is, like, like their status or everything, because these were, like, really popular cosplay girls, but I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. They're hot. But I wanted to, like... This is going to sound weird. It's so great, fucking weird. But I thought that it would be feasible to be, fr be friends with them. <laughs> if I, I mean... It's not unfeasible when it comes down to it. Uh, if you know, like, a local convention or something, you could absolutely meet somebody who goes to that local convention and become friends with them. But the fact that you want to become friends with them because they cosplay, even if you're not interested in cosplay yourself, is a little questionable, I'd say. It's like wanting to become friends with somebody because they're a streamer. Yeah. Like, like the thing is, um, you know, a lot of these girls exist on social media very prominently. So they do talk about their lives, like, all the time. They blog about their whatever they're doing and that's where like the that like little social parasocial aspect comes through where it's like oh this person is actually just a normal person and you know it's you get exposed to that and you think it's cool that a person like that you know likes it the oh, whoa they also go to mcdonald's yeah well not nah, yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, when it comes right down to it, everybody involved in all these situations, top to bottom, is just a normal person at the end of the day. And there's nothing special about any one of us. I wonder if that makes it, like, uh, if that re revelation makes it more, like, make, makes you more open to being in, like, this kind of parasocial relationship. Well, the thing is, once you actually make contact and you're able to have a conversation with somebody, it is no longer a parasocial relationship. Yeah. It is now a social relationship, and that's... That's often when it goes wrong for people because they realize somebody isn't like they thought they were on TV. Yeah. And what I was going to say, um, the word I was trying to look for was like increase the attraction. Hmm, yes. Like, uh, I would like, say that's definitely possible. Yeah, like you find out that she likes, you know, the same kind of games, the same movies, etc. It just makes you want to like reach further. Yeah, and especially if they have an active chat, uh, like with with a streamer or something. If they're um, like a thirty view Twitch streamer, for example, you can often talk to them about their hobbies and interests. They'll be more than happy to go off on their hobbies and talk to you, either even off stream. A lot of the a lot of times, 
the the interesting thing that you just mentioned though it, that is that i do feel like a lot of these people as soon as they talk to the person it's i, I want to say like seven out of ten times they'll probably just get over it uh i i would not say that's the case um necessarily you think so? i i would love for t i would love to think that but I've seen it way too many times where that is not the case. Um, a lot of the time people get uh, more enamored because a lot of these people are actually just nice people, yeah. really. And a lot of them are too nice for their own good. They will be exploited for that social attention. I, there, There's one person who comes to mind specifically who had to deal with this, this, uh, this ghost of a person, um, we'll say for many months at a time because they were persistently messaging them all the time. And it turned out that he was messaging a lot of girls in the community like that. Ah. So there were many girls who were being persistently messaged and harassed for his attention, essentially. Um, yeah, in, my, in my case, it's kind of weird because <laughs> I like, I would be enamored with somebody, but then I get the straight chance to talk to them. And the more I talk to them, the more I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of, yeah, this is normal now. This <laughs> is we're friends and we talk a lot. And it's been the, it's the same kind of friendship I have with dozens of people. But that's because you are the person who you are. They are not the person that you are. Yeah. So you have to consider that other people will behave differently depending on a situation. And in many cases, these people who are very persistent are people who grew to be persistent because of the way that they grew up, because they have been ignored by many people over time. So they have learned that the only way to get an answer is to be a huge hassle and just constantly message people until someone responds or they get blocked and then move on to the next one. Yep. I guess people are just wired different, differently. <laughs> but that is a, a whole other topic that I could get into, but I, I don't think yeah. that would be good. I've not been keeping track of time, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like, what, 40 minutes in, 30? Um, yeah, if I got into that topic, it would be a, a few more hours at least. Yeah, and also a lot of stuff that we can, probably can't say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the parasocial like, conversation is very open-ended but at the same time it's very situation based situationally based and you know i i personally um just don't really like fall into it i guess because nowadays mostly i just mostly watch indies and if i want to talk to them i'll talk to them or like i'll reach out oh absolutely i do the same um but have you ever had a, a parasocial relationship of any, of any sort aside from that, that you can think of uh aside from the uh cosplay girls you mentioned earlier not, because not that was really. more of a yeah because that, that wasn't like a single thing that was more of like an interest kind of thing right yeah, yeah. um so not, not because, really because like it's I, i'm trying to think and like it's like the closest one is like um like like some of these asmr girls when they start getting a little too introspective about themselves mm -hmm. and the the the, bl the lines between them being in character versus them just kind of rambling about their life <laughs> kind of like seeps through yeah where they start improving with real things yeah I, I i can understand that like i i do appreciate when they do that but at the same time it's also like i don't really want to like know about this <laughs> it's actually gonna like, I... well th here's another interesting thing though i i only feel this way towards like um audio asmr girls when it comes to like uh people who you like use their cameras and stuff like that like they uh like face cameras, I guess you can call it. I don't feel anything about those people. Those people are, that is just purely meant for me to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, those ones take you out of your immersion for this situation. Yeah. 
I think immersion is a, a big, big thing for people in this. Um, like when Vox had uh, his mod messaging, and that was taking people out of the immersion for their experience, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think, like, visual is really big, too, because in most of, like, the like the face cam people I watch, it's generally, like, a role play, like a Docker role play or something like that. So yeah. what, this visual of me being at, the like, the office or, like, a doctor's office and they're, like, using all these props on me, I don't really feel like... <laughs> like it's not really a situation where you're like oh i'm falling in love with this person <laughs> you're, ju you're just there for the experience ish whereas if it's like uh audio role play your your roommate confesses to you and sleeps in your bed you're like there's no visual so you're imagining everything <laughs> and, if yeah, start, and, yeah, and if they start talking about like talking out of character then you're like oh this, so this is like it stops being a character basically like it's not literally stops me a character you're just imagining you and them now and the the reason that i think this is interesting is because you wouldn't go through the effort of listening to all these if there wasn't something that you were getting out of it right so in most of these cases that you're having like a parasocial relationship or anything like that um it's because you're getting comfort in many cases yeah i'm not really like getting comfort <laughs> I, I mean or your rocks off whichever i don't know what well, I mean, well, 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 the funny <laughs> thing is that i used to listen to it because i i was kind of lonely but then i'm like yeah but it was getting but, comfort yeah oh, yeah well back then but it, it wasn't like i don't necessarily mean today you're you're listening to this for that reason it's just because yeah. you enjoy it now but yeah but maybe there was a time in your life where you just found that it helped you get through the day um like i mentioned waifuism yeah. earlier and <laughs> I was actually in the waifu community for a number of years. Um, so I did, I did have an unironic waifu. And, you know, it was completely harmless. Um, but it was something that helped me get through the day. And I would get into communities based around that kind of thing. And you would do, like, art trades and stuff like that. And there was really nothing wrong with that. Um, it was just that I had this character who um, gave me the sort of energy that I really needed in my life at the time. Because I was going through a very hard point in my life. And I think that a lot of the people who fall into these parasocial relationships are people that are going through um, the same sort of things in their lives or they have something missing and they're looking for comfort in some way. And that's why people will go through like hundreds of thousands of dollars of corporate exploitation to try to feel something that they're missing. Yeah. Because it's chasing the dragon is what it really is. Yeah. And every, every time you like quote unquote support your waifu or a person or something like that you just kind of get a high yeah like even with like the waifu community uh, the people that i knew from that were still spending you know upwards of a thousand dollars uh on like merchandise for these characters right yeah yeah like they'd buy their figures they'd buy their their magazines they'd buy everything um because yeah it was like an obsession for them they were chasing the dragon but it was on a much smaller scale than what happens to some people in either the youtubing community or the other cam communities especially especially the other cam communities where everything costs 10 times more yeah like there are people that lose their houses over parasocial uh relationships yeah the asmr stuff is really interesting because that's a really big um like people see it as very manipulative and very um what's the word like slimy i suppose you just make stuff that's like catering specifically to like these feelings but I don't know. Personally, I don't see any harm in it. <laughs> Honestly, as long as you do, it doesn't like, 
because for some reason there's just there's just such like a clear barrier that this is like fake i think that a lot of the people who have specific feelings about asmr in particular for that um and feel that it's slimy is that they just haven't listened to much asmr um it also doesn't help that a lot of people do exploit it because um yes yeah of like, it's because of the specific types of ASMR they're doing. Yeah. Plus, but the thing the, is, you can have those experiences without it being ASMR as well. So it has nothing to do with ASMR. It has to do with it being yeah. GFE. Yeah, like ASMR just enhance like it just makes it a little bit more obvious because that's a genre. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very popular genre. Like if you go to the the just chatting category right now, I guarantee you will find somebody telling somebody that they are their wife. Guaranteed, you'll find someone. Any given moment on Twitch, somebody's somebody's getting bricked up. Yeah, honestly, if you go to the just chatting stream, you might fall in love with somebody. It's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying thought. But it's here's the thing, dude. This is gonna fucking just remember eighty miles. Yeah, well, this is also gonna like turn into a fucking ASMR tangent. But there used to not be live ASMR. Like that wasn't very common <laughs> at all. So it was only videos up until people started doing it live on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. I feel like this kind of bleeds back into the cam girls because I feel that, that a lot of them are the same people who are bringing the ASMR onto Twitch. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like girls with a OnlyFans like side hustle. Yeah. Like even one of my favorites has one, except I will never buy it because, <laughs> well, one, her videos fucking suck. Like. The, the one she released for free was so you best. bought one. Oh no no the free. one she, she released one for free as a, a um uh i guess like a she she reached a milestone on pornhub so she released one for like free and i'm like oh this is like really good and then i she's popular enough to where i could like google <laughs> she google like the leaks to it and then i'm like oh these all suck it was like i don't want to describe it but <laughs> But she, she, like, she does stream, and I imagine the people who watch the streams would be more inclined to feel some type of way. Yeah, absolutely. And um, they would all, the people who watch her regular streams would also be more inclined to, to purchase these other videos. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it, honestly. it's, it's quite literally more of them. Because I, I know like, um, there were, that's how this one ASM artist kind of sold her like extracurricular content is that I have this channel for my ASMR stuff, but you can check me out on Twitch if you unironically just want more of me. But she's also married and she, she also like brings her husband onto the videos sometimes. So I doubt anyone's falling in love with her. <laughs> You're in the closet while they do things ASMR. Well, I click, I never click on those videos. <laughs> And I, well, the thing that is, is a very strange dynamic. I, I feel like that's a, a form of parasocial fire control. Well, well like the thing is, she does, she intentionally like would title the videos with her husband in it as like, hey, this is not me. I'm not in this video. Like this is uh, my. Oh, husband. so she was just doing both. Like this is my my husband is guest starring in this video, etc. Like like she used a different name for the characters or. No, it's like her. Okay, so it's just that she labeled that her husband was it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought you meant that she was using like a, an alternate name and account for just the husband videos because that oh, would have been no. a really funny side hustle, actually. No. So why doesn't she? Because that sounds like 
If you could avoid that whole situation, let it blow up in her face in two years when people <laughs> find out. Well, well, here's the funny thing is that I've there was another chick that had to make like a, a statement in like her community page where she's like, "I thought you guys already knew that I had a husband. A husband. Like, why are you so surprised?" <laughs> God, yeah, I can imagine because that's that's another thing. Um, there's somebody else I know who was very much openly in a relationship and. Uh, they had fans that were like hitting on them and asking about being their boyfriend and stuff for ages. Then she, every time she's just like, why don't you guys realize that I have a boyfriend? I stream with him all the time. So it's like, how many of these streams do these guys watch before they get hopelessly, hopelessly enamored? I, I remember, um, um, I remember there's one ASMR chick that, uh, she was streaming like Terraria with her boyfriend and that stream had like 10 viewers, but her videos, her like ASMR roleplay videos, they would still hit like 100k, you know, 150k. So it is very interesting to like realize that people don't care until they care. Um, there was also like a, but th that girl I was saying, the uh, ASMR audio girl, she released a video where the scenario, it, it, it was like a, it was like a gimmick scenario where you, uh, you find out that she goes to like the same library as you or, or whatever, and you run into it and you recognize her. And it was kind of like her breaking the fourth wall bit about how you're like, she didn't, she never asked for people to fall in love with her. She's just doing this as like a thing that she enjoys. And we, it is funny to hear it from the creator's perspective where it's like they did not expect some people do expect like people to fall in love with them but i feel like a lot of people don't really when they just start like doing something yeah absolutely and uh in a social setting like this where you're selling the social uh experience as a product you have to consider that that is going to be part of the social experience like there are risks for for this kind of business man imagine finding out that your favorite streamer has a husband because she got sponsored by manscaped <laughs> that's, that's what happened to that one chick <laughs> really yeah she started a video off with a manscaped ad and I, th this is also really funny to me because i would skip that ad and i would not know <laughs> oh i have a fucking on desktop i would have like an add-on that just skips like ad reads but on on my phone if i if a video starts with an ad at all i'm just like fucking fast forward man we talked a lot and then it just divulged into like me ranting about asmr <laughs> this is what happens when the mighty germ's not here uh yeah big shout out to the mighty germ who is currently in a hotel with covid shout us to covid wait don't not shout us to covid um <laughs> yeah i think we covered a lot of stuff though both learn a few a thing or two from each other's uh experiences ultimately though i think it's the, the word is never gonna be the word is just gonna keep getting bastardized but i honestly just wish that i could have thought of more positives about uh parasocial relationships but there's there's really just not many um no in some situations you can get comfort and sometimes they're they're harmless but the parasocial exploitation is just so dangerous it's not worth it's not worth it yeah you you really need like a um like a, a real social life yeah a real social life so and like a like a heavy people. a heavy like mental fortitude to put yourself in this situation and not crumble <laughs> yeah watch a two of you today
yeah, just talk to her, and then you realize, just keep talking to like girls or like guys, and then you just kind of realize they're like they're people are boring. But like, I remember a situation where um, people were uh, very interested in this one streamer, and they posted some some brownies or something on their Twitter, and these, these people were very compre uh, not comprehensive, apprehensive. That's the word, apprehensive to compliment them because they were very shy about it. Um, and most of those people I've seen grow over time to the point where they can just have regular conversations with people all the time. And that's just from talking uh, on Twitch, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, this is like, it's really funny how like, I, t I tell my friends all the time, yo, if you want to just talk to girls, just get into VTubing. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> if you just want to talk to chicks all day, get into VTubing. Don't talk like I, I know some people who like as soon as they find out that there's a female in their community, they kind of like already start falling in love with them because it's so rare. But then in in this community, it's it's a do female dominated community, so you just run into people all the time, and they all have like they're all very cool people, like majority of them. Honestly, your options online for just talking to women are really slim which is insane when you think about it um it's like either you play mmos and you talk to the the guild healer and their 16 boyfriends or you get into vtubing yeah. because and, and really there's no other options VTubing wasn't like a, it wasn't like a thing until yeah very recently so aside from vtubing your only options were were literal cam girls and, and face cams which are just like softcore cam girls nowadays yeah man and the like, internet sucks <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and like the thing is with cam girls, it's not like you're gonna like watch them for like two hours and then hit them up in the DMs like, hey, what do you? You were ta you were talking about this game. What do you think about this or that? And then you just keep like messaging them, and then before you know it, you're fucking your friends. <laughs> well, your friends, your, fr your friends, in those you, know, you can like actually befriend a lot of them because they're they stream every day, and they're bored. They're waiting for tips. Yeah, but it's that, actually kind of funny. Yeah, but I don't want as long to. as you act like a normal human, you're you're gonna be better than all the great names in the chat. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, great names aren't people, dude. <laughs> Show Bob's. All it takes is one cent or one dollar. Well, it's a it's a dime technically, and uh -oh. te I think you can get that for free actually. That's crazy. Anyways, it's uh time's getting a little. We gotta wrap it up, but we got talked a lot about various topics that was been interesting to all you listeners out there and i'm glad funzo showed up on short notice and it's been a while since we like put out the episode but that's because germ's been really busy and now he's sick so i hope he gets better we should hopefully return to like a normal schedule eventually um before we go though funzo you want to show yourself Sh show myself yeah dude drop your twitter or whatever God, Lord knows I don't have one. I don't, I don't have my links open. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bunzel underscore CH. Uh, it should be the same on Twitch. A lot of the time, I, I haven't been streaming that much lately, but I am hoping to get back into it. I've mostly been working on commissions. Yeah, he's not streaming, so you know what that means. Hit up my man's DMs. <laughs> he's, a bit, he's not streaming, so he's very available. Well, I mean, it won't be a parasocial relationship, so I guess I am open to it. Remember, if you're trying to get into a, a social relationship, it's a lot better than staring through the window. Yeah, one, one of these days, we're going to be like that one meme picture of like the guy sitting next to... Uh, oh, it's, the like, sickos? No, not, not even that. It's like the guy sitting in like, the window. 
at like a glass and in in or next to like a TV and the th the three people in the TV are like talking to each other and the guy sitting next to the TV is like laughing it's like a podcast experience anyway uh, this is going on too long <laughs> goodbye <laughs> yeah have a good night everybody